about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for listening today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us. The book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead, still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away, so that he did not see death, and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony, that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going, By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the sea shore. Verses 1 through 12, Hebrews chapter 11. Father, thank you once again for the power that rests in your word, the anointing, the grace that is there, the joy, the light, the encouragement, the strength that flows from your word. Thank you for the opportunity for us to spend time with you one-on-one every single day as we simply open your word. Anoint us afresh today with the spirit of prayer. As, uh, in such a way that we would be encouraged to more and more grow in our prayer life and anoint us afresh with the Spirit that would cause us to have a growing hunger for your Word and anoint us afresh with the Spirit of obedience that we would be more faithful hearers and doers of your Word. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. He is going to lead us in a word of prayer. Father, we pray for our listening family today. We pray that uh, you will teach them and us more and more how to live in uh, great expectations, understanding that you do a mighty work, that uh, we call on you, and uh, by your grace, by your mercy, you answer our prayers, and that you do respond in a way that's best for us, in a way that's best for those people we pray for, and in a way that brings you much honor. Help us today to to do like the hymnist said, to ponder anew what the Almighty can do. We love you, Father. We praise your name today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. and Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. As we often do, uh, I'm going to be sharing today one or two articles today that are 
meant to be tools to help strengthen you in your walk with the Lord, but also tools that we're encouraging you to email us to get copies of so that you can use them for your own walk, but also a tool you can use to help in the discipling of your family, uh, spouse and children, but also tools that you can forward and uh, share with other, email to other individuals, uh, extended family, co-workers, fellow church members, and saved and unsaved individuals as well. That's what they're for. They're tools for ministry for us and tools for us to use to minister to others to do the works of both evangelism and discipleship. This first article is entitled, Jesus, Prayer, and Dr. George Washington Carver. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Again, Mark 1, 35. Very much of what the Lord Jesus did in his life, believers can do too. Christ modeled beautifully the life every believer can live. One area of our life that Christ modeled was his prayer life. And if Jesus made it a high priority to pray daily, we too need to make daily prayer a high priority in our lives. The Word of God tells us, pray without ceasing. We should live our lives as a running conversation with God. Don't worry about anything, but by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. When we work, we work. When we pray, God works. Always remember God can do everything we can do so much better. There's no such thing as praying too much. Psalm 119 verse 18 says, Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. A good prayer to pray just before you spend time reading God's word is that particular prayer. Again, Psalm 119 verse 18. Every husband and wife should pray together every day. And all parents should strive to pray daily with their children. Also, parents, teach and guide your children to pray every day for you and for their brothers and sisters and others. Dr. George Washington Carver was a great man of prayer. He was a well-known scientist who was born a slave. He's been credited with helping to save the agricultural system of the South. And he's a great example of a believer who listened to and communed with God in prayer as a lifestyle. And he's a great example of a believer who followed and applied God's wisdom in his life. Dr. Carver would rise up early every day and sit before the Lord, who he called Mr. Creator. There with the Lord, Dr. Carver learned secrets that blessed the world, as Jeremiah 33 verse 3 tells us. From the book entitled The Man Who Talks with the Flowers by Glenn Clark, Dr. Carver once stated this quote, there's literally nothing that I ever wanted to do that I asked the blessed creator to help me to do that I've not been able to accomplish. It's all very simple if one knows how to talk with the creator. It is simply seeking the Lord and finding him. All my life I've risen regularly at four o'clock and have gone into the woods and talked with God. There he gives me my orders for the day. When people are still asleep, I hear God best and learn my plan. After my morning's talk with God, I go into my laboratory and begin to carry out his wishes for the day. Make it your goal to saturate your life and your family and the concerns of your life with prayer. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, the story of Hannah 
has many powerful life lessons about prayer and going to God in prayer with the desires of our hearts. The gift of prayer, that is the privilege to to pray and talk with our Heavenly Father, is a precious gift from God. It's one that it's one of the most valuable gifts in all of life. Let's use the precious gift we have in prayer daily, wisely and continually. The following poem is a poem and we, by an unknown author. When you were young and it was cold outside, with a blanket I covered you with care. Now that you are older and the world is much colder, I now cover you with a blanket of prayer. And remember, there's no such thing as praying too much. Again, the title of that article was Jesus, Prayer, and Dr. George Washington Carver. This next article is entitled, Science Gloriously Points to God. Again, Science Gloriously Points to God. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that and God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, so the so there was evening, excuse me, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Again, Genesis chapter one, verses one to five. Then Psalm nineteen, verses one to three. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words, whose voice is not heard. Again, Psalm 19, verses 1 to 3. Many scientists of our day, if asked the question, what are some of your main goals and what is your purpose in studying science? Many of them would respond, we're trying to find out who we are, and where we came from. How tragic. If they would just look to the Word of God, it would answer both of those questions gloriously. The Word would let scientists know that we're human beings made in the image of God, made to know, worship, and serve Him. In response to the question, where do we come from? The clear, simple answer is, we come from God. Genesis 1 is the first lesson for life and creation 101. Read Genesis chapters 1 and 2. Then when you've finished, read them again. Then when you've done that, read them a third time. Each time you read these two chapters, you'll probably pick up truths and insights that you missed from the reading before. The two chapters all by themselves answer many of, the, many of our biggest science questions in life. God tells us how this world and universe began. Too often it's been said that science and faith just do not mix. Many will often indicate that science contradicts the Christian faith. Such statements are absolutely false and incorrect. Real science, not perverted quote-unquote science that's more politically motivated than scientific, does not contradict the Christian faith, period. It soundly and emphatically affirms it. And it does not just affirm our faith. Real science points the world to our Creator. Actually, a little common sense would tell you that science cannot contradict God, faith in God, or the Christian faith, since God created everything that is, which includes science and all of its genuine manifestations. Science discovers what has been created, observes it, and seeks to explain it. True science cannot help but line up with faith and the Word of God. 
The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The sky dispels his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. Psalm 19 verses 1 to 6. The scientific world regularly discounts the word of God. Scientists who are believers and who believe in the word of God are actually far ahead of those scientists who are not believers. Time and time again, the scientific world finds that the insights and information in Scripture are very accurate and reliable. Science is actually a bridge that can help to inform us about God. If we simply look at nature in all of its spectacular beauty, sophistication, and splendor, we see the hand of God everywhere and in everything. When we're thinking rationally and using wisdom, a normal reaction to so many wonders in creation is to be almost overwhelmed with awe. A very correct and expected reaction might be, what a magnificent, powerful, all-wise, and almighty creator he must be who made these wonderful things in this universe. True science always points to God, his glory and power. God is not just great. He is God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And again, the title of this article is Science Gloriously Points to God. Father, thank you, Lord, for the fact that as we look at your wonderful, beautiful, and magnificent creation, how is it that we can but hardly help but give you praise, thanks, and glory and honor for making such a beautiful, powerful, and wonderful world. Thank you for the gift of creation. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you and know you and point the world to you, our great and wonderful, blessed Savior and Creator. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Again, the title of the article, Science Clearly Points to God. We'll be right back. Yeah. 
you're listening to the Hour of Intercession. Thanks for listening. Music from Elevation Worship with O Sing. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. We continue now reading through the Word of God as we pick up in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 29, beginning at verse 1. These are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab, besides the covenant which he made with them in Horeb. Now Moses called all Israel and said to them, You have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, the great trials which your eyes have seen, the signs and those great wonders. Yet the Lord has not given you a heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear to this very day. And I have led you forty years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out, and your sandals have not worn out on your feet. You have not eaten bread, nor have you drunk wine or similar drink, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. And when you came to this place, Sihon king of Heshbon and Og king of Bashan came out against us to battle, and we conquered them. We, we took their land and gave it as an inheritance to the Reubenites, to the Gadites, and to half the tribe of Manasseh. Therefore keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. All of you stand before, excuse me, all of you stand today before the Lord your God, your leaders and your tribes and your elders and your officers, all the men of Israel, your little ones and your wives, also the stranger who is in your camp, from the one who cuts your wood to the one who draws your water, that you may enter into covenant with the Lord your God and into his oath, which the Lord your God makes with you today, that he may establish you today as a people for himself and that he may be God to you, just as he has spoken to you and just as he has sworn to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I make this covenant and this oath, not with you alone, but with him who stands here with us today before the Lord our God, as well as with him who is not here with us today. For you know that we dealt, for you know that we dwelt in the land of Egypt and that we came through the nations which you passed by and you saw their abominations and their idols which were among them, wood and stone and silver and gold, so that there may not be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turns away today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations, and that there may not be among you a root bearing bitterness or wormwood. And so it may not happen when he hears the words of this curse that he blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace, even though I follow the dictates of my heart, as though the drunkard could be included with the sober. The Lord would not spare him, for then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy would burn against that man, and every curse that is within this book shall settle on him, and the Lord would blot out his name from under heaven, and the Lord would separate him from all the tribes of Israel for adversity, according to all the curses of the covenant that are written in this book 
of the law, so that the coming generation of your children would rise up after you, and the foreigner who comes from a far land would say, when they see the plagues of that land and the sicknesses which the Lord has laid on it. The whole land is brimstone, salt and burning. It is not sown, nor does it bear, nor does any grass grow there, like the overthrown, like the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboim, which the Lord overthrew in his anger and his wrath. All nations would say, Why has the Lord done so to this land? What does the heat of this great anger mean? Then people would say, Because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord God of their fathers, which he made with them when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. For they went and served other gods and worshipped them, gods that they did not know and that he had not given them. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against this land to bring on it every curse that is written in this book. And the Lord uprooted them from their land in anger, in wrath and in great indignation, and cast them into another land as it is this day. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Deuteronomy chapter 30 Now it shall come to pass when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have, which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God drives you, and you return to the Lord your God and obey his voice according to all that I command you today, you and your children, with all your heart and with all your soul, that the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. If any of you are driven out to the farthest parts under heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you and from there he will bring you. Then the Lord your God will bring you to the land which your fathers possessed and you shall possess it. He will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. Also the Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies and on those who hate you, who persecuted you, and you will again obey the voice of the Lord and do all his commandments, which I command you today. The Lord your God will make you abound in all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your fathers. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. For this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us? 
that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob to give them. Deuteronomy chapter 31. Then Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel and he said to them I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. Also the Lord has said to me, You shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations from before you, and you shall, pos and you shall dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them as he did, and the Lord will do to them as he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites and their land. When he destroyed them, the Lord will give them over to you, that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. So Moses wrote this law and delivered it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, and to all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, at the appointed time in the year of release, at the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men and women and little ones, and the stranger who is within your gates, that they may hear 
and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of this law, and that their children who have not known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you crossed the Jordan to possess. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, the days approach when you must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tabernacle of meeting, that I may, that I may inaugurate him. So Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tabernacle of meeting. Now the Lord appeared at the tabernacle in a pillar of cloud, and the pillar of cloud stood above the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, you will rest with your fathers, and this people will rise and play the harlot with the gods of the foreigners of the land, where they go to be among them. And they will forsake me and break my covenant which I have made with them. Then my anger shall be aroused against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured. And many evils and troubles shall befall them, so that they will say in that day, Have not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us? And I will surely hide my face in that day, because of all the evil which they have done, in that they have turned to other gods. Now therefore, write down this song for yourselves and teach it to the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. When I have brought them to the land flowing with milk and honey, of which I swore to their fathers, and they have eaten and filled themselves and grown fat, then they will turn to other gods and serve them, and they will provoke me and break my covenant. Then it shall be, when many evils and troubles have come upon them, that this song will testify against them as a witness, for it will not be forgotten in the mouths of their descendants. For I know the inclination of their behavior today, even before I have brought them to the land of which I swore to give them. Verses 1-21 through 21. Deuteronomy chapter 31. Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to read and meditate on your word each and every day. Thank you for the opportunity to grow as we spend time reading and meditating on your word and thus spend time with you. Father, flood we your church afresh with an anointing that would encourage us to become much more diligent students of your word. Believers who read and meditate on your word daily. Believers who speak your word and stand on the promises of your word every day. Believers who recognize that we're called to walk in the counsel and the wisdom and the grace and the power of your word every single day. More and more empower us to be a people that recognize the power, the grace, and the blessing your word is to us and help us to live continually, filling our hearts and our lives, our families, our homes, our whole lives with your precious and powerful word and grace. We thank and we praise you in the name of Jesus we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we continue reading through the Word of God. We'll be right back. Father God, I am clay in your hands. Help me to stay that way. 
through all life's demands Cause they chip and they nag and they pull at me And every little thing I make up my mind to be Like I'ma be a daddy who's in the mix And I'ma be a husband who stays legit And I pray that I'm an artist who rises above The road that is wide and filled with self-love Everything that I see draws me Though it's only in you that I can truly see That it's a feast full of eyes, a low blow to purpose And I'm a little kid at a three-ring circus Say they think that it's you, but they don't know that who you are is not what you do. True, we get it twisted when we peek at the charts. Yo, before we part from the start, what's your heart? Hustler, tell me what's your title? America has normal stars, now we call them idols. You said idol, while we teach prosperity, the first thing to prosper should be inside me. Not because of 22s on the range, but Christ came in range. We said yes, now we change. Not the same, even though I met a fall. Since I got that call, no more saw, now I'm all. Yep. Toby Mac with Lose My Soul. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We continue now reading through the Word of God as we pick up in the New Testament. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. After these things, the Lord appeared, excuse me, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you and remain in the house and remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter, and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say, The very dust of your city, which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, 
they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. He who hears you, hears me. He who rejects you, rejects me. And he who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Then he turned, then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You've answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. But she, excuse me, and she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? 
Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Luke chapter 11. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend, and go to him at midnight, and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give you, I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as, as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And he was casting out a demon, and it was mute. So it was, when the demon had gone out, that the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled. But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Others, testing him, sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub, and because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted, and divides his spoils. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. 
When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest. And finding none, he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. And it happened as he spoke these things that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts which nursed you. But he said, More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Verses 1 through 28, Luke chapter 11. Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you for every family, every marriage, every home represented listening. Father, anoint all of our homes with a fresh and mighty anointing that would encourage us to fill our homes and our place, our abodes with your spirit, your mercy, and your word. More and more help us to be people that read and study your word and help our whole families fill up on the wisdom, power, and grace and joy of your word each and every day. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you are listening today and you've never made the step of asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Today is a great day to get saved. Today is a great day to fully commit your heart and your whole life to the Lord Jesus Christ so that you come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and so that you'll know that you'll spend all eternity with the Lord in heaven. If you want to make that step, would you simply from your heart, genuinely from your heart, pray this prayer and invite Christ in today. Lord Jesus, Thank you for loving me so, so much that you came into the world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins and all the wrong things I've done. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, by faith, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live for you and follow you all my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we want very much to be in touch with you. We would like to hear from you. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that are going to help you to begin to grow up and grow strong and deep in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, please be sure, email us. We want to be in touch. Again, joseph at afr.net. Also, if you'd like to get copies of the articles we shared earlier, the two articles, the first one, Jesus, Prayer, and Dr. George Washington Carver, or the second article entitled Science Gloriously Points to God, same email, joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to get them to you. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.